Welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. This event happens every single Monday in our group, The Encouragers, on the app, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. What you are about to hear will be focused entirely on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories from some of the most amazing people in radio right now and uncovering the path forward in radio today. Both our Monday live events and our Wednesday live events on Clubhouse are now also individual podcast. The Wednesday event as a podcast, we know that as the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast. Today's live event as a podcast is called the Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and will become available within about an hour of the very end of this live broadcast event. Of course, you can get that anywhere you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events. JustJoeProductions.com for creating audio footprint and distributing them. When you subscribe to our individual podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, you'll hear unique perspectives on today's audio world and helpful tips in getting ahead. Like when Derek Brown, director of urban programming for Alpha Media, shared... I look for people who are creators of culture or innovators of culture. In this day and age, if you have a team, your team is doing so many different things. When I'm looking for a program director, I'm looking for leadership qualities. How are they about to manage folks? We are in a people business. So they have to be a people person. you got to start with the people inside the building before you can start with the people outside the building. If you're not great in there, you're not going to be great with the audience. We have great guests and insight every single week that can help you grow, learn, and meet the challenges of a radio career in the 21st century. Meet our guests live on Clubhouse or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast are both on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Today is our Sharpen Your Creativity event. We're not kidding. We've brought the folks for this, too. We have two great guests I believe are very sharp, creative, and powerful forces in radio right now in their respective markets. Lance Tidwell is the program director of 104.7 WZZK and Mix 97.3 in Birmingham, Alabama. He'll be joined with uh, Tim Leary, who's the morning show talent at New Country 1031 WIRK in West Palm Beach, Florida. Before we get started with our guest next Monday, don't forget that August 9th event next Monday is going to be called Mornings to Satellite Active Event. Krista Hatcher-Ullman, morning show host of Krista in the Morning Rush, 93.1 Jams in Madison, Wisconsin, will be with us and will also be joined by Bob Buckman, who is uh, the SiriusXM Director of Music Programming. We've already scheduled guests all the way until September, and uh, you really should see the list so you can see who's coming up. It's in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. There you will also find free encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series. And for local radio sellers, you get even more encouragement with our Encouraging Sales Success Series 
as well as free resources for anyone in the radio business today. We don't lock away anything on our website the way some consultants do, so go directly to RainmakerPathway.com anytime, 24-7, and see what you can get for free from our team. Please follow the people that you see on the stage tonight at this event and look around the room for people to connect with as well during this event. We are here to encourage you and your broadcast career. That also means networking, by the way. My name is Lloyd Ford. I am a branding advisor and consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, LLC. I'm always going to stick my neck out and say you should hire me if you're struggling to grow revenue, especially if you could use a clearer strategy or even cluster strategy. If you have a morning show that isn't famous enough to lead your radio station in ratings and drive overall radio ratings for your local brand. If you want a real 21st century advisor who can help you build strategy to grow value in your brand today, who will provide you with a crisis hotline so you can call and get back up. Our short name is RPC, but it still means the same thing, Pathway to Money for our clients, Rainmaker Pathway. Call me about how our music labs prevent music drift and improves ratings. You can also talk to me about our morning show fame development coaching, very specialized coaching that puts the accent and the action in the right place to build opportunity for robust ratings growth. Ask us about encouragement, too. It's one of our services. If you know somebody who's looking for fresh answers, recommend us. We'd love to help. And, of course, you can reach out anytime, F-O-R-D, at BrainMakerPathway.com. One last announcement. Join us August the 10th for a special one-time event, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We're calling this our first-ever bulletin live event from the Encouragers. This is totally different from our normal live events on Monday and Wednesday. August 10th, we are presenting the Radio State of the Union, a frank discussion about employment, job search, career management, corporate and local radio today and the future with Mike McVeigh and Lloyd Ford right here on the Encouragers on the Clubhouse app, August 10th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. This is about radio, the future of radio, and your career. So tell everybody, be here August the 10th. As we gear up for a live event, I would like to check in with our co-host. I always do that. I always have a question before we get started too. So let's get started with Jesse Tag. Jesse, how are you? Lloyd, I'm doing good. How are you? I actually did not get that. Whoops. Can you, are, Whoops. You are you there? I am. How are you, Jesse? I'm doing good, Lloyd. How are you? I'm good. I, I've always wanted to ask you about two things. You are responsible for afternoon drive on B105 in Cincinnati. What do you do to get up for your show? And what is the process for show prep for you? What does that involve? Um, well, I'll touch on show prep briefly, and then I'll, I'll come back to that. My process for show prep is really reliant on... <laughs> to make a joke, Google bookmarks. Uh, mm. I've got about eight different websites that I look at every day. And I have one I go to that kind of is like an aggregate of a bunch of other websites. And I just scroll and scroll and look and look. And uh, I look for things that stick out to me and that things I can turn into an interesting break. Um, some days I find a lot, some days I don't find a lot. Um, it's kind of, it, it's interesting. Uh, as far as the prep itself, I read through stories um, oh, 
I, uh, you know, I read through the stories, have a little blurb about most things that I want to talk about, that I plot out my show break by break. Uh, I, balance is important to me. I try not to ever really do the same thing twice in a row. Uh, as far as getting up for a show, I prep uh, basically like the last hour before I go on the air. Uh, I like to spend like a like quiet time in a production room, whether it be an office production room, I have a little bit of music, but it's really like time to focus for me and kind of like map everything out. So that is that's my process. Interesting. So you can hear the results of that, by the way. Thank you for joining us, Jesse. Jesse does afternoons on B105. You can catch him on their live stream anytime. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Maybe a little feedback. Now, of course, we get to check in with Heather Froglier from uh, in Riverside, San Bernardino. How are you, Heather? I'm doing good, Lloyd. Oh, you know, I'm going to ask this big this. I think this is a big question. Okay. So I do see some design work that goes into your social media. I'm talking about you personally, okay? Mm-hmm. So m- maybe a few images here and there, some logo work. Do you think visuals are critical? And by visuals, I mean putting that kind of, uh, I don't know, flavor to it, if you will. Do you think that's important today? And do you have somebody who does this kind of work? Somebody clever on staff who whips these interesting things up for you? Or do you do them? Uh, I do them. And my partner on the air does them. Um, locally, we all are responsible for our own social media posts and whatnot. We do have a, you know, a nice um, list of apps that we use. Um, we have access to Getty images, artist images and whatnot. Of course, our logo logos. Um, yes, I do think it's very important, especially, you know, with us having our phones in our hands all the time, we want to be able to, we're visual people. All of us are. And, uh, if you can create something that, you know, gets your point across or, 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 a topic break that you're doing and you can do it with, um, you know, a picture and just a few words, almost like a billboard, um, that definitely enhances what you're doing on the air. So we try and do that. I got to tell you, you know, you can apply this sentence and, and please, uh, use this going forward. <clears throat> use the term, use this phrase. Uh, remember the old days when we, because it seems like all the time that social is moving and moving and moving. And now a lot of the experts are saying video, 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 forget mm-hmm. the photos. Photos are out video, video. So are you a big believer in that as well? I think um, video is very important. Am I as fluent in creating videos as quickly as I do, you know, still images and still content? No, <laughs> but getting better. And um, yeah, I think it's uh, just as important, especially, you know, on Facebook videos, you know, reach a lot of people. Um, visuals are important for Instagram. Obviously, mm. video is important for TikTok. So it just kind of depends. It kind of goes back to last week's discussion, which, you know, um, social media site you're using. Some work better than others. Yeah, they all have different purposes, I think. And, and sometimes I try to corrupt them. <laughs> you know, and and slip a little something extra in and 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 it really is the appropriate lane for the appropriate content works best. We know you, this. The underlying theme is you can never do too much of anything. So videos, stills, you know, memes, um, all of that works. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I just think, you know, any opportunity you can to engage not only your current audience, but engage other people who might come along and get to know you and become a part of your tribe, too, is really critical. You've yeah. got a great you've got a really great guest for us, don't you? I do. I'm so excited to have Lance Tidwell join us today. It's been a few months uh, in the planning to get the legendary Lance here on the radio rally. How are you? Oh, easy, easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great, Heather. Thank you. Well, you have got just a plethora of experience. You're currently in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. You're the PD of 104.7 WZZK, Mix 97.3 WPYA. And you've been in Kansas City running stations for Cumulus. You're the Senior VP of Programming for iHeartMedia. You've pretty much done it all. But if you could, take mm -hmm. us through, you know, your radio journey when you got bit by the bug and how it landed you where you are today. Sure. I um, so I uh, grew up in a radio family. Uh, my father was a was a minister uh, who had um, jocked his way through college at Auburn University in the 1950s. Um, so my dad had lots of friends in radio. When I was a kid, I was always going to radio stations, dropping off my dad's um, 30 minute radio program that ran in the at that time in the in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. So Friday afternoons were spent in the car, listening to radio, driving to radio stations when I was, you know, as little as seven, eight, nine years old. Um, my dad went and introduced me uh, to a man who had a uh, radio station in the, in the town. Uh, we had moved south to be close to my grandparents. My dad took me to meet uh, a gentleman who had a job for me working part time, uh, running uh, Auburn and Alabama football games. I was 14. Uh, and I got my work permit and I got my mail-in box top FCC card. And uh, one thing led to another. One night, I happened to be at the radio station about a year and a half later, so I was 15. Uh, and the guy who was supposed to be on the air on the FM that night uh, had to go to the hospital for a family emergency. And he and the, the program director called and said, well, I guess it's you. So um, I made a, a decent impression and ended up getting a weekend job and one thing led to another, and before I before I graduated from high school in Alex City, Alabama, I was already working uh, full time at WSTH in Columbus, Georgia, uh, doing country. And uh, so I, it just kind of I don't remember radio not being in my life. That's incredible. We've uh, talked to the last several weeks. It seems like there's an underlying theme with everybody who got their start in radio, and that's just you know being persistent having this huge passion for you know being involved in some way shape or form with the radio business um but somebody getting sick it happened to me <laughs> it happened to you it happened to our last guest so from then what happened uh so then i just uh, i worked all the way through high school um i couldn't um i i, I could i just couldn't see myself um taking a traditional college path uh, my my attention uh, deficit disorder was very very high. Um, you know, in high school there were times where they had to send a truants officer to come and pick me up from the radio station and take me back to high school. Like I loved being at the radio station that much. Um, and uh, so when I got through with high school, I, I was too young to be taken seriously in markets that mattered, and uh, and I wanted to see the world. So I I went down and I signed up uh, for the U.S. Navy. And I did uh, three and a half years, signed up for four, but I had some combat time. So I got out a little bit early uh, and I was stationed in San Diego, California, and then I conquered uh, at the Naval Weapons Station there. Uh, 
when I got back from the first Gulf War and I got released, I uh, walked into a video store in Walnut Creek, California, and I heard a radio station in the video store. And I was like, man, you know, I don't have a resume or a tape, uh, but I do have experience. I should just go by. So I walked by and I talked to the program director and I was like, hey, so uh, I don't have a resume and tape, but I just got out of the military and I've got experience. Well, the program director at the time walked me into the studio and he goes, okay, well, here's some cards. Pretend you're on the air on this reel to reel and I'll come back. Uh, he came back in, listened to what I did, and he said, can you be here tonight at midnight? Um, that program director was Ken Boson, uh, who went on to uh, program uh, KIZN and Boise, KSKS in Fresno, and then later KISS in Miami. Uh, and we became very good friends. And I followed Ken to uh, a number of different places, including KIZN, where he was the PD. And I ultimately was a part of a two-man morning show in Boise. When Ken left to go to Fresno, I became the PD. And that's really kind of where everything started for me as a program director in 1994. That's crazy. What do you, what do you enjoy more, being on the air or programming? Programming. Uh, it's not For me, it's not even close. Um, I, 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 there's just something really magical for me um, to, uh, to work top down on a brand. Uh, to work with people and to, uh, you know, to, to put a station musically where it needs to be. And there's a lot of different fits and forms for that. Um, you know, there's no one one right place. Um, there's just for me being I, I, I was aware early that being a star and being the center of attention was just not important to me. And I think you have to know your strengths and weaknesses well enough to know, like, what what motivates me. I knew I didn't care about being a, a local celebrity. I, I didn't peep. I didn't need people to know me. I felt more uh, comfortable in that role of a wizard, kind of behind the curtain, than I did really being the the, the face of a radio station. I love that the wizard <laughs> behind <laughs> the scenes. I love that. So, would you say um, you, your love for music, you know, is more country, or do you are you kind of like a lot of us? We just like music. Period. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, no, I like music, period. Um, you know, I say all the time, my taste is five miles wide and just two inches deep. You know, I don't I don't go super. Obviously, I've got a, a, a pretty, you know, pretty big knowledge of country music, having been in and around it since 1985. Um, but but I just I love all forms of music. And, you know, I've set day to day at alternative hip hop, top 40 country, classic rock, classic hits, hot AC, AC. Um, and, and I have loved and enjoyed all of them. And I find myself a lot of times now for me, I love music so much that, uh, when I do get a break or I get a few hours of quiet, sometimes on a Sunday afternoon, I go exploring, you know, non-com music, things you would never really hear on the radio because it's still just such a blast to discover great new music wherever. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah. So this is just an aside. Who who would somebody be surprised to hear that you have on your playlist? Give me one artist that you'd be, you know, <laughs> comfortable sharing that might the, seem strange to us that you like. Um, well, I don't know what would what would necessarily seem strange. Um, I think. Um, like, you know, I like Gregorian chant. I know that sounds odd, but sometimes I'll get down with some Gregorian chant. Yeah, that's so. That's way out there. Um, my favorite band is probably Revolution. Um, it's uh, you know, for if you don't know, it's a uh, I, I kind of call it like white boy reggae. You know, <laughs> uh, 
that's probably my favorite band. My um, and I like everything kind of in that in that strain. Slightly stupid, three eleven, iration. Okay. Uh, I like all that stuff. Um, and then I really enjoy uh, probably my favorite night. My, my my favorite individual artist is Mark Sexton. Um, I think he's got like the best cover of Purple Rain I think I've ever heard in my life. Um, so stuff like that. And I, I do um, I do listen to a lot of hip hop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of was in that age group of the, you know, some of the first kids that got a chance to really uh, go to parties in Florida and be down there with MTV and get to spend time watching, uh, you know, uh, Yo! MTV raps every afternoon. So I, I like a lot of hip hop for sure, particularly I like the old school stuff, but I even like some of the newer guys, too, like Meek Mill. That's awesome. When you've been in the business for as long as you have, Lance, how do you maintain your passion for radio? How do you stay creative? Um, well, you know, I think creativity is one of those things where it's like, you know, it, 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 as, a, as a, a person of faith, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and, a, and a, you know, they, they talk about the Trinity, the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost being so, uh, uh, so elusive. You know, I've always kind of find it, found creativity to be kind of like the Holy Spirit. It's like, you know, you've experienced it, but not necessarily ever seen it. Um, for me, creativity kind of feels like that. There are times where creativity feels high for me and, and that's when I try to burn through a lot, right? Like I, I try to write, create, produce um, take notes, write things down because there's inevitably going to be that time period where you're not creative. And for me, just for me personally, when I'm not creative, I've never been able to force it. There's no way that I can just like kind of jam it into gear. I can't make it happen. Uh, I just have to wait for it to happen again. Um, so for me, it's, it's really just more about kind of harnessing creativity when it comes burning hot, like a blowtorch when you have it, and when you don't being patient, waiting for it to come back because you can't force it. Yeah. Uh, writing imaging is you grab the pen and paper and start writing when you feel really creative because doing imaging is such a lost art, but it's so fun to do. It what is. excites you about the radio industry today? Um, I think what excites me about the radio industry today is the, um, that the people who are here have all, um, you know, we've all made a, a pretty significant choice to do this for a living. Um, I, you know, I find, um, you know, I love this business. I, I, I think we'd be fooling ourselves to say that it's um, that it's the easiest time in radio. You know, having having been around broadcast radio for as long as I have, um, there were times when things were maybe easier. Um, creativity was an easier path, bigger staffs. You know, one of the things that sometimes bogs production down is the number of people that you have and the weight that you have on your shoulders. But the thing that I love about a radio today and what keeps me excited about it is um, that there is, uh, you know, even like what we're doing now, there's a great group of people who are really passionate about the art of radio and how people connect to their local radio stations. And I love being around people who feel that way. What, um, who, everybody seems to have uh, a Mount Rushmore of mentors. We used to ask, you know, who's your mentor? But it seems as though there's multiple people in our lives. And so we decided to call it the Mount Rushmore of mentors. (laughs) Who are the, you know, two, three, four folks that have really, you know, inspired you throughout your career? Um, uh, so, uh, Miles Chandler was a general manager, uh, in, uh, Monterey when I was working with clear channel back in, uh, was, say 97 to 2000. 
Um, Miles was uh, a really knowledgeable guy. He had been in some really big markets, um, really smart broadcaster, very well versed in programming, understood research, audience, lane, marketing, music, you know, coaching talent. Um, He was uh, he was definitely an early influence uh, for me in terms of like structure and process and um, and staying consistent with things. Um, and then on the programming side, it's really easy. Uh, Phil Hunt and Bob Glasgow at Rusty Walker programming, uh, worked with me when I didn't know anything about programming radio stations and they just held my hand and stayed with me through that whole process early in my career. And I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. One of the um, things we're going to learn about Tim here shortly is that Tim is one of the most compassionate people you will ever meet. He's got a lot of causes that he champions for. What is one cause that is near and dear to you, Lance? Uh, veterans. Um, uh, I was a part of, uh, of putting veteransmatter.org uh, together in Detroit when I was up there. Uh, we won station and talent and uh, something, uh, one other uh, award up there with those guys uh, for, for stuff that we had done for veterans organizations. Uh, and whether it's the Wounded Warrior Project or now veteransmatters.org, um, uh, from a family of people who have served my, my all, you know, all the way back to my great, great grandfather, uh, veterans matters and affairs are really important to me. And I meant to say that earlier, thank you for your service coming from, yes, the daughter of a career Air Force. Um, what advice would you give, you know, a young whippersnapper getting started <laughs> in the radio business? They come to you and say, hey, you know, if you were to hire me, what are you looking for? What would you be looking for? Um, I think that, uh, I, you know, I think I would be looking for someone who uh, is truly passionate, not just about music. I, look, I, I think it's great to be excited about music, but you know, formats are going to kind of come and go in your career. If you're at this for, for a lifetime, you're going to go through a lot of different musical formats. Um, I mean, it, it, at least it's a very, it's a good possibility anyway. Um, I think what, what I look for is people who really just like to connect to people and, and like to entertain. And, and I would look for somebody who wants consistency. My advice to any young person is get a show, um, get a following, uh, stay committed to your socials and, uh, and, and, you know, create a following and a, and a, and a tribe. And that will certainly carry you into some really special places. You know, as a program director, you can kind of move around and you can take a lot, you can kind of pack up your tools and take them with you as a talent. That's a lot harder to do. And even just going across the street, I've seen it time and time again, you know, somebody really talented with a great following moves across the street to a different radio station. It doesn't always translate. Um, doesn't mean it can't be done, just means it's harder. Um, if you want to be a talent, I'd find a, I would find a, a station or, or a market that you want to be in, place you want to be, and then just pour yourself into it. The other thing I think is that consistency key is really important. When you talk about self-awareness, one of the things that I knew when I uh, uh, you know, started getting that fork in the road in terms of being a program director and a talent you know, self-awareness and knowing who you are and what your strengths and weaknesses are, are things that are really important. And I just knew, again, that I didn't want to be a star. 
Um, I, I was in love with radio and I wanted to coach and, and, uh, and develop. And I liked looking at the big picture and I kind of like spending time with my head in the clouds looking for that next idea. The other thing that I, I had to be aware of is I'm not really the same guy every day. I'm a little moody. You know, I get upset about things. I take losses, uh, you know, really passionately and, and they kind of rock me a little bit more than some people. I think if you're going to be a great mainstream talent, you better be able to be consistently you every day. You better wake up and have a good chance of being the same guy on the radio every day. That consistency will carry you a long, long way. And uh, that's just not me. And it doesn't mean that you can't be successful in other, uh, you know, other areas in broadcast radio. But I think if you're going to be an on-air talent, that's a really critical component to have. Those are amazing words. And, and it's absolutely true. I think, you know, for a lot of folks who don't, who are civilians or they don't understand the radio business or I think that's one of the really amazing, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, radio announcers and talent. I mean, it's not an easy job. You're not just spinning records. You have to turn it on and off every day. And that's not easy to do. No, so, you know, yeah, if you're having a bad day or if somebody in your family is critically ill or something like that, you can't just walk on and, you know, bring it to the show. Um, they, we do need to be authentic, of course, and, <laughs> of course. you know, share that stuff. But it's hard to, you know, sometimes stay positive. But, you know, when Lloyd said we need to talk to Lance, you know, it's so nice to meet somebody like you who still has a passion for this business and um, has done so well throughout all these years. So thank you for spending time with us tonight. We're going to ask you to hang out um, after Tim. We may have some questions for you from the audience. So thank you, Lance. Oh, I got to tell you, you, you heard that, right? We, we're always bragging here at the Encouragers about having these guests on who, who say the most amazing things, things that not only can rock you in terms of of just lifting you up a little bit, but giving you really good advice. So I'm just going to say that Lance is one of the smartest people in this business. He is. And if you get a chance to listen to one of his radio stations, you definitely should do that. It is worth some study for you because you will see smart decisions in action. You heard him just a second ago talking about talent consistency. So critical because you want people to get to know you. It's part of that fame development opportunity. And then, of course, he talked about tribe building. So critical, so critical, not only for radio stations as a brand, but also individuals, maybe even more important for those individual talents. And then, of course, work your socials. I like that he slipped that in there. You know, this is not uh, the year 2000. It's now and working your socials is very important. Lance is going to stick around for a few minutes after the second interview in case you have some questions. I hope you're warming those questions up. Of course, uh, I want to say thank you to Heather. She always does a great job. You can catch her show on KFrog on their stream and a variety of other stations throughout the West because, well, you know, she is that big radio star. I'm always going to give her a little bit of fun about that. The Radio <laughs> Rally. The Radio Rally is our weekly Monday opportunity to visit with radio with our group, the Encouragers. Our next guest, uh, I, I don't say this lightly, 
On this live event, we have one of the brightest and most talented morning show talents in the entire country. Tim Leary does mornings with Tim and Chelsea, I hope I'm saying that right, on New Country 1031 WIRK in West Palm Beach. He is very talented and he leads with his heart. We're going to get to that in a minute. So let's start here, Tim. I want to know, how does a student government treasurer at Curry College get involved with the radio business? That does not sound right somehow. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And I'll get to that question in a second, but I'd like <laughs> to start with putting me after Lance's story. How am I supposed mm. to follow that? <laughs> I, I, no, what you is, know what? No, wait a minute. You were both chosen for this event because you're both badasses. That's but, the truth. But, but Lance, was, Lance came down from heaven, and he was a radio family, <laughs> and then he was in the Navy. And I'm sitting here going through notes going, I got nothing. I know. Um, and when he said that Navy thing, you're like, oh. I mean, I've got – so, I mean, the only part of our stories that are similar – is my start in radio uh hold on let me see i took some notes on it uh my hometown of boston had been hit by a radioactive meteor uh i was six years old the radio station had been taken over by wolves and uh, i was only armed with a pipe cleaner and a roll of duct tape i took over the radio station and and by the way the dj was sick and that's how i got my start on the air Oh, there we go. Sickness again. There's a sickness it's called radio people i mean that's incredible um but but seriously, uh, thank you guys for having me. I mean, uh, Lance, I remember I remember listening to Lance when he was in Hartford at YZ, and I was over in Providence, and I'd listen to the station going, man, that just sounds amazing. And, of course, and without without uh, without uh, stalling here, I, Heather, congratulations on the Country Radio Hall of Fame. Thank um, you. So well-deserved. Uh, we've known each other for years. I love you, and, and that couldn't be more deserving. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I get to and hang you, out with all the cool people. Well, and if you want to know how Jesse prepares for his show, he just hops in the car and does a cross-country trip of very weird things with his brother, and that's where he comes up with his material. That's right. You just hope that things happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you see how that content caught on? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. glued to it. I wanted to see the next stop where those two lunatics were stopping along the way because it was just and that's seriously that's content i mean heather's right Listen, that's where you get these, that stuff these individuals are just a hop and a skip and two seconds from a reality tv show people right i and so uh, you know i don't know how you found out i was actually i had actually forgotten the fact that i was treasurer of my student body in college because i'm horrible with finances um but i you know i was i was doing that you know i in college i was entertainment and politics. I was, I was going into one of those two fields, um, uh, both of which scream stability. Uh, so I, I ended up, uh, I've been in radio since I was a freshman in college and, uh, um, I, I just love radio. And when I, when I, when I left college, I was a touring stand-up comedian for years and an improv comedian, um, and I ended up moving to Chicago. I'm a graduate of the Second City, and I was a main stager for theater sports, and then eventually moving to L.A. with my wife. Uh, got a lot of work in, in Los Angeles. Uh, I did a ton of work with Warner Brothers. We were very fortunate. Um, but, you know, and we wrote television shows, and you'd go out on a million auditions and everything like that, and you'd score, you'd score one 
uh, role, and that would be enough money to keep you going. Uh, but all along the way, I was working at radio stations in Boston and Chicago, and I did some work in Los Angeles radio. Um, and it there wasn't there, there was just something about radio that just kept coming, you know, drawing me back. And there was this one year where studios were actually just buying up uh, websites. And we got a call from one of the, uh, and if this goes back and dates anybody, I got a call from one of the Hudson brothers um, from the Hudson brothers comedy hour. And they had asked us to put together an audio show. And so I went in with a couple of guys and we recorded the show and, and uh, my partner at the time said, well, what do you, what do you think we have? And I said, well, what we have is a radio show. And I, I said, if you want, I can send it out and see what we got. And we sent it out. And within four weeks, we got drafted by CBS in, in Sacramento uh, on an FM talk station. And, you know, that and that lasted for, you know, uh, however long that like a couple of years or whatever it was. And then kind of the bottom fell out of FM talk. And I was stuck going, all right, well, now what do I do? And uh Finally, I'd gotten a call from a buddy of mine saying, hey, why don't you go into country music? And I and I didn't know the first thing about country music. So I said, why don't I go into, you know, Brazilian rain stick music? And so, you know, there was a, a station in Reno that was looking for a morning show. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll drive. I mean, it's only three hours away. I'll drive over and you know, play some blackjack and come back. But I... I, you know, I went over there and I'm like, wow, this is, this is a really cool thing. And, you know, I started listening to, every, you know, they gave me a pile of CDs at that point, going way back CDs. Um, and I listened to all of them and I was, I was like kind of hooked and, and we worked out a, a, you know, we worked out the deal and we moved over to Reno. And I remember it was like the second or third week on the show. And I had come home and I told my wife, Karen, I said, you know, God willing, I will end my career in uh in country radio because it just kind of you know it just kind of fit what i liked and what i did and what my comedy was all about and you know 17 18 years later you know god bless i'm still working in country radio i gotta tell you it you start out on our live event talking about i mean the first thing you're gonna do is complain that lance is here okay and right. then and, and his story and how incredible it is but dude you just threw down three of the hardest damn things ever. You're a graduate from Second City. You did stand up for a long time and talk radio. You started on the deep end of the pool. Did those things change you forever? I mean, surely they must. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I love doing stand up and, you know, stand up and improv and uh, acting and stuff. The, the, I mean, that part of the entertainment world was just very, very good. I was very, very fortunate. Um, you know, when wait, you wait, wait, you, you have died on stage. I know this, right? You've died on stage, right? Do you have, do you have tapes of me or something? Or? No, 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 no. I'm just um, saying, if you have a lot of experience in that lane, you start by dying. That's what you do, right? Oh, you never stop dying. It's, it's not like you outgrow it. Every now and then oh. you'll, throw, you'll throw up uh, what we used to call a duck fart of a show. Um, in fact, I remember I, I was with Catch a Rising Star and, uh, in Reno, and there's a thing called Street Vibrations, which is basically the Sturgis of Nevada. And they used to love having me down there. And this was uh, the Mongols and the henchmen and the Hells Angels. I mean, these are some pretty serious boys, and they all have to play Ooh. nice together. 
And so we're sitting and I'm doing a, a full full on show for no, nothing but two or 300 bikers. And uh, the headliner and I are talking to this kid who happened to have won a comedy contest, you know, a couple of weeks before. And the prize was you could do a professional five minute set, you know, during one of the weekends. And they had this poor kid scheduled to go between me and the headliner um, and do five minutes. And for whatever reason, I got out there and this was probably the worst set I'd ever delivered as a stand-up. I couldn't sell a joke to save my life. I tried improving, I tried the old stuff, the new stuff, talking with you, nothing, just nothing worked. It was just one of those nights. And again, they're all, they're all bikers. And finally, after <laughs> 30, 35, 40 minutes of just sheer hell, they let me off the stage with a pity clap and I'm walking off the stage and I'll never forget it. And here's this poor kid who has to go up next. I just flatlined 350 bikers. This kid is as white as a sheet because the, nobody laughed. And I just, and all I did is I walked up to him and I looked at him and I said, and that's how you do it. And I just walked away. <laughs> oh, you make with what you got. Right. That, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, look, there, there are, there are times you, you do great and you know, every now and then you have, you have a bad day at work. Tim, I have such a list of questions. This next set is going to be some rapid fire stuff because I just got to get it in before oh. we get to the meteor questions. I want to talk about kids and family. Cause that's so important to you. Who are these people? I have no idea. I've never met them. Um, oh, come on now. My, my wife, Karen, and I have been, uh, we will be married 25 years next year. And we are very, very blessed with uh, two kids, uh, our son, Jonah, who is now 15, and our daughter, Shaughnessy, who is 14. Oh, yeah. So uh, you know some things for sure. Did you always know you wanted to do mornings, by the way? I always want to ask that to really great morning show talent. Yes, I, I there's just some from the, there's just something about mornings that I just well I really want to do that you know and and you look at the guys you look up to as your heroes like in you know in Boston when I was growing up as a kid you know it'd be like Charles Lacquadera or Lauren Wally or you know uh, uh, Sonny Joe White did mornings for a long time and you look at those guys and you like ah that's what I want to do that. You hear somebody great and you don't expect them to have radio heroes and boom, boom, boom. There you go. Right. So uh, let's talk about this. What's this I hear about all this compassion of yours? I want to know about that. Just give us like the, the, the 30 seconds about you and compassion because that's a thing. Um, well, I mean, uh, throughout the my career, fortunately, you know, I, I think we, we're in radio. We're given a, a really great opportunity to be in a position where we can help people uh, that need it, it, it within our own within our own communities, and there I've just been able to meet a lot of organizations. I've been able to meet a lot of people, and stuff just kind of lights a, a, a spark in you, and you're like, all right, yeah, let's do that. We can really turn this into something neat and get some awareness for you and all that sort of stuff. And um, so in the different communities that I've, I've had a chance to, you know, broadcast in and, and be a part of, uh, I really feel fortunate that I've been able to, you know, put some things together and we've, we've done some really cool stuff for, for the different, uh, for the different organizations and people we've been able to help people. I mean, that's, that's, I really think mm. that's a responsibility of ours because we're in the position to connect people with other people who can help. Thank you. Thank you. That is absolutely true. Tell us about mornings at WYRK and the community that you are in today. Um, 
West Palm is an amazing place. Um, and, and it's such a, it's such a mix of people, um, Floridians, Northerners, uh, people from all over the country who have decided to settle in this area. Um, you know, I, I'm very blessed to work for a company like Hubbard, um, who really focus and, and, uh, elevate their talent and support them. And, um, you know, I talked to a lot of a lot of cities and a lot of uh, radio stations about moving, you know, here and there. Um, and, you know, I, I flew to West Palm uh, here because they wanted to talk to me. And, and, and coincidentally, I, I was with the Hubbard station in Seattle and, and, and this is a Hubbard station here. And I walked in and, you know, everybody who's done mornings or, you know, you guys who program and I mean, you know, it's all about the chemistry that the team has. And, you know, I think so uh, important. Yeah, I was very fortunate because, you know, Chelsea is a real is a real spark. She's very talented, very funny, great timing. And we immediately hit that off. And, you know, and I'm very, very blessed because you really I don't think it's something that you often find when you're putting shows together. It's really, really hard to find that chemistry and dynamic that just works from the get go. And you're just like, there's something there, you know, there, there's something different about this, this team, you know, whether it's Chelsea and I or, or anybody else. I mean, but you know, when you know it, you really want to lock into it. It's really tough. And, you know, we're kind of the only business where you're locked in a box with this person for four hours or longer. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it's terrible. Let's talk about hair, though. OK, because I don't think we can have this conversation with you and not talk Back about to you, hair. Lance. This <laughs> no kidding. Right. I could have had this question with either one of you. But but this is really for people later who's who will be listening to the podcast in case you have never seen Tim. He has a mohawk. What's that about? Um, I've had a multicolor mohawk for, I, I don't know, I think it's 10 or almost 11 years now. Um, and, you know, back uh, at one point I was in Savannah, Georgia doing the show and we were doing, you know, a breast cancer uh, event um, called Tats for Tatas. And what it is, is, you know, everybody knows somebody who's been touched and affected by breast cancer. I have several people in, in both sides of my family. And we were raising money and listeners and businesses would call in for three weeks, uh, give us the name of somebody that they knew that either, you know, one lost or is still battling breast cancer. And for three weeks, we'd take all the donations and we would take all the names and the, and the logos and everything like that. And then at the end, we'd turn uh, the money over to the local cancer pavilion or Susan G. Komen. And I would have an artist come in and freehand in ink tattoo every name and logo all over uh, my body. And we would run the rock and roll marathon as human memorials to these names. Um, you know, and, and the reason why I chose tattoos is that, you know, every, you know, every tattoo is different. If you see somebody go, Hey, what's that tattoo mean? And they have a story. Well, it's the same thing with, with breast cancer. Every story is different. Well, one year, I think it was like third year or whatever. It was the donations were coming in real, I mean, really, really slow. And we didn't look like we were even going to come close to getting our goal. And so I got on the air and I said, all right, if we make whatever the amount of money was, if we make this by this date, I will shave my head into a pink mohawk. And lo and behold, that, that, you know, 
community rallied because they wanted to see that. And so I, you know, I held up my end. I got it. I shaved my head into a pink mohawk. And, you know, and I thought that was just kind of a one-off thing. Um, but as I was letting it grow out, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society came to me and they said, hey, Tim, we're having our annual charity gala. Would you be willing to host it? And I said, sure, no problem. They're like, and would you dye your mohawk red for us? And I said, well, sure. And I, you know, I, so I dyed it red. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed. It was, you know, Habitat for Humanity. It was the Boy Scouts. It was uh, Alzheimer. I mean, and I've, it, it literally has been, I think, every color that that you could possibly have sometimes it's multiple colors um but usually if it, i mean well not usually but w when you see me if you ask me what the color is i'll be able to tell you right off the top of my head what it is for and who i'm trying to raise awareness for and, and so 10 years you, 10 years later i still have a multicolored mohawk well i think you can tell that you know a couple of questions ago i asked him about his compassion right and he kind of he did what a lot of people can do if they're really amazing they kind of just slough it off a little bit but you can tell not more not very many morning shows are doing this kind of work it's really amazing um can you tell us about the random call to your morning show that ended up saving a local restaurant can you do that Wow, you really do your homework, Lloyd. Um, hey, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was during the, I mean, it was the height of the pandemic. And, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know how Heather, Jesse, and Lance feel, but I mean, you know, uh, at some point with life changing, uh, I personally felt that we were like, there were days that we were just, I felt we were broadcasting into a void. Like, is there, is there anybody on the other end of this? Um, because life changed so much for everybody. And then, so during that time, uh, we got this call and, and we were doing things like, you know, Hey, if you, if you have a business, we want to let you, you know, we want to shout out that you're still open and, and let people know. And, and, and thankfully a lot of radio stations did that. And, so we got this call from this young woman who said uh, she just wanted to shout out her mother's restaurant. Uh, it's Morgan's Country Kitchen. I'll never forget it. And she just wanted to get the name out there on the radio and give her mom a plug because her mom had spent her life savings to buy this restaurant and business had just all but shut down. And she was losing her staff. She was losing her produce and she was, you know, X amount of days from shutting down the entire thing and she was going to lose everything that she had. And so we talked to her and, you know, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting on the microphone and going land, you know, Morgan's country kitchen, but we just played the call. And because, I mean, you know, this, this poor girl broke down. I mean, the, 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 the passion that she had for her mom and the love that, you know, she showed, you know, she didn't want her mom to lose her dream. So we played the call and literally people, wherever they were, I mean, turned around and this lady's parking lot was packed and she had people lines out the door. And, you know, like a week later, we got a call from Patty, the mother from Morgan's Country Kitchen. And she just broke down on tears in tears on the air saying that you, you, you know, we saved her dream and we saved her family and her workers. And, and she was just so thankful. And it, and it wasn't anything that we really set out to do. Um, but, but, you know, thankfully people 
were listening um and and they they went over and they bought a burger and they you know they bought a sub sandwich and some cokes and whatever and you know x amount of months later as we were all starting to come out of uh, the pandemic i you know after church one sunday i told karen and the kids i said hey let's go over to morgan's country kitchen and get some brunch even at that point i still couldn't even get into the parking lot which was the best feeling we we had to go somewhere else because i couldn't literally get into that restaurant Mm. And we talk about this all the time. You hear all the radio people talk about it, right? Radio is so powerful. It's the most powerful medium. Uh, here's what I say, and here's what we say in the encouragers. Once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. That story right there shows you the power of what it's like to be a personality, to have compassion, to to pull that trigger and to take that chance, just like when he was talking with the folks with the Leukemia Society, right? He's like, of course, I'm all in. Let's talk Bruce Logan for a minute, because Bruce is, Bruce has been around as PD for a while. Uh, I, I have liked Bruce from the very moment that I met him. He is very smart. He, uh, he has really good balance with people. How is he with these ideas of yours? How are you doing with Bruce? How's well, that? I'm, I'm glad you asked me, Lord, Lloyd, because uh, Bruce gave me this prepared statement to read. Bruce Logan is the most wonderful person on the face of the earth, and I could not be more blessed to have him as a boss, and I hope to have him forever, period. Um, it's nice when uh, somebody thinks ahead like that, right? He already prepared my answer. Um, honestly, I, I got to, and, and this is not blowing smoke or anything like that. Honestly, uh, Bruce Logan is single-handedly the best program director I've ever worked for. He is, he's not, you know, as a programmer, yes, he's, he's legendary in the country industry and, you know, and, and deserves every accolade that goes with it. But uh, a lot what a lot of people might not know is that dude is so talented artistically and directorially uh it's um it's it's such a pleasure to work with somebody that has that creativeness that can help you get to where you're going and what you want to do and see and see different you know your different visions and help you pull off this stuff like you know uh on the fourth of july i i went uh, diving with the Purple Heart veterans uh, because we raised money for them, and I dove in open water with with sharks. And and Bruce, you know, I brought this idea to Bruce, and he's like, "I'm sorry, you want to do what?" And and I told him that what we wanted to do, and and he helped facilitate that. And more importantly, I mean, he just encourages Chelsea and I to take chances. You're not always going to succeed. I mean, you're going to fail sometimes, uh, but to take chances and try new things, and and just at and he allows us to get better. And, and he's not that kind of guy that said, you went past two minutes. What about, he's just, he's, it, it's great. He's, he's an, he's a real um, artist's uh, director. I mean, he's that guy, like if you're an actor and, and you're doing a play, you know, and you're doing notes after your show that night. I mean, he's that guy that you want going, that was really good. I love that. And let's keep that going. And maybe we tighten this up a little bit. I mean, he talks to you, as a as a talent coach and not an uptight program director if any of that makes sense it does and i'm going to say this uh, maybe not all program directors would agree with me but compelling content does not have a timetable can you talk to us about you and social media in other words how does your show engage listeners in social has that changed across time how important is that to you uh, well, I mean, 
even all the way back to when I was in Providence, which was a few minutes ago, um, I had always maintained that radio is going to be a multimedia platform, you know, entity. I mean, if you have a show that's just a radio show, you know, just shut the transmitter off for four hours. I mean, cause there's, there's no, you have to be able to bring, you know, everything in and everything out. In fact, you were talking to Heather and I thought Heather actually answered this wonderfully because I completely agree is that, you know, the mix between video and memes and printed and pictures and everything like that, it all, and you're on air, it, it all creates, it creates different textures and levels to your show. I mean, your foundation is obviously the radio show and, you know, ratings and revenue and all that sort of stuff, but you should be able to use Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram as, 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 as an augmentation to your content to deliver it uh, to another level. So if you're talking about one thing, um, you know, drive people out to your social media and keep that going. Um, whereas if like, you know, you have, you know, a video of, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Chelsea and I were at Universal over the, uh, on Friday doing the show and the night before we had a dinner and there was a plate of nachos and, 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 uh, and I thought that the pile of nachos looked like the sorting hat from Harry Potter. So we shot this video and I imitated Very, very, very good. By the way, I saw yeah. that that was ridiculous. And, but that provides some amazing content on the air and then you can drive people out to your social and they'll go watch it there. So you're getting, you know, you're getting more bang for your buck. And, and, and as we were talking about before, I mean, you know, Jesse and his brother doing that cross country content. I mean, there wasn't one day that I didn't go to, to his page to go, where are these lunatics now? I mean, these are places that they would go. I would never step into half of these places, but I was riveted. I needed to see the next place that they were going. And just as gold as your on air content, your social media content needs to be, needs to mirror that. And you need to, you need to, I think personally that that a successful morning show, moreover, a successful station is one that can intertwine the two and bop in and out of it. Um, you know, everything doesn't have to be driven to social media. But like if you have a video like, you know, the, the, the nacho sorting hat, you know, you make it an on air story, which is going to be a lot of fun and everything like that. And you can turn that into a question and blow it out to the listeners. You know, if they've done anything done with food and get calls and texts on that, which drive your interaction and your digital numbers and then, and your texting numbers rather, and then drive them out to Facebook, which drives your digital numbers. So with one little thing, you're getting four levels of payoff. Yes. And we're, we are our relationship with these people, our listeners and our clients too, by the way. So uh, final question, at least for me, before we get started with anybody has questions for either of our guests, what do you think are the most important things a morning show has to do in the 21st century to really be successful today? Well, that's a good question. Um, what is it? Repeat that question while I think of something. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, what do you think are the most important things, the most important things a morning show has to do in the 21st century to be really successful today? Actually, I mean, it's been brought up a, a few times and, you know, the, you know, the, the five of us are in completely separate sections of the country right now, but yet the five of us have repeated the same thing throughout 
And that's the relationship with your listeners. That's, you know, it, you, you start, you start really, really, de- you know, developing um, a true relationship with you. You don't have to go camping together or send each other Christmas cards, but I mean, if you, you know, you develop a relationship with the listeners, man, you've got listeners for, for you've got P1s forever. And, you know, and you do that with your P2s and threes and stuff. And, and you just, you just keep expanding your reach. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you're not interested in developing that relationship with your community and your listeners, don't bother. It, it's just, it's going to end horribly anyway. So you, that's, I think that's the key to, to all of it. I mean, I was speaking at a seminar in Nashville one time and, you know, and I remember saying, I said, I know this isn't going to be a popular opinion, but I said, just because you live in the market doesn't mean you're local. Um, you, you, you gotta be involved. You gotta, and you gotta want to be involved. Don't be involved for the sake of just doing stuff because that's, I mean, that's shallow and, and people, your listeners will see through it. I mean, th- your, your audience together is smarter than Einstein. You can't beat them. You can't outwit them. They will see through that stuff. So, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be genuine. You got, that's what people are looking for. They're just looking for a genuine, real personality. The, the way I am on the radio is the way I am here with you guys tonight is the way I am when I'm going to go downstairs and eat hopefully dinner that my wife brought home. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really change. So you gotta be real. I mean, you just, I think you gotta be real and you just really want to, you really want to just be, you want to truly develop a relationship with your audience. I think, I mean, that's the way I look at it. It's amazing to me that you answered that with kind of the same thing that Lance said a few minutes ago when he said, you know, with a personality, you really want to be yourself. You want to be consistent. You want them to be able to get what you are every time. Tim, I want to thank you for being on the Encouragers, the radio rally. Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, it's it's great. And, you know, all you guys are, I mean... Like I said, I've known I've known all you guys for years, and I just uh, you guys mean the world to me. Oh, thank you so much. I will ask that you please stick around for a few minutes. We are going to ask people in the audience if they have questions for you, and we're going to get to that here in just a second. Every week. We have visits from radio pros from different parts of the country, just like Tim just said, and we do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living from the radio business today. This is also where you can come and hear from people you ordinarily might not get to hear in an intimate setting talking about radio right now, and you can meet them on our Clubhouse events. Follow the people on stage in this live event, and of course, look around the room to see other folks that you might want to connect with and network with. Our purpose is to encourage and networking is a big part of encouraging your career in radio. Don't forget next week, August the 9th on Monday, mornings to Satellite Active. That's our event. And of course, Krista Hatcher Ullman will be here from, uh, she's the morning host at Krista and the Morning Rush 93.1 Jams in Madison, Wisconsin. Also joining her, Bob Buckman, who is Sirius XM Director of Music Programming. You will not want to miss this. Of course, we're going to open up the room right now in case there are questions that you may have for our guest. Just push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or your Android device. Uh, There's a little hand. Looks like it's like a notepad, but I think it's supposed to be a smartphone. 
and we'll bring you up to the stage. We do ask that you mute your mic uh, before we call on you. That's just for audio integrity. Check in anytime for the latest update as we continue to add guests. We publish our full updated schedules at RainmakerPathway.com. It's also where you uh, can get fresh and free resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. Of course, we don't like to lock away anything on our site because we are here to encourage your career. We care about the people in the radio business. Look for our free blog section for the hookup and share with friends. Also, don't forget to join us Wednesdays on Clubhouse Live for Innovation and Audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. As usual, we'll have two guests, but just like normal for Innovation and Audio, only one of them will be from radio itself. The other is usually someone who handles or works consistently with innovation in some way itself. And they may or may not be tied directly to radio or even audio. It's our way to give you a different creative perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course, innovation. This Wednesday, just two days from now, our live innovation and audio event will feature uh, J.C. Derrick, who's the publisher of the online Main Street Daily News in Gainesville, Florida. You might think, hey, that's a newspaper. No, it isn't. It's a digital platform, and it's also attached to a radio cluster. You might want to check in and see what that's about. You might want to get your market manager, your sales manager involved in that, because I'm sure there's going to be some things that you'll want to uh, understand and that they'll want to understand about that. So let's get to questions for this, uh, for today's guest, Lance Tidwell in Birmingham. And Jesse, do you have a question for somebody on our panel? Tonight? Yeah, I just, I, I just want to say how much I always enjoy these chats on Monday night. And, and it was great that, that insight from Lance about, you know, you, you got to be a consistent person. I've never thought of that like that before. And I guess I am because I've, I've gone through ups and downs and, I, I sometimes I question how I can pull it together through for some of the things I've been through. Uh, so that's, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get that out of my head for a little while. So that was really great. Uh, Tim, uh, thanks for all the kind words. I just, uh, I wanted to ask you this question because we're talking about content and how there's, you know, you can have one thing and you can turn it into four different things on air, different types of social media. When I had a co-host, we would do brainstorming sessions once a month outside of work, and we found that this would happen a lot where we would come up with a great video idea and found ourselves reverse engineering it to turn it into great on-air audio. <laughs> Has that been something that you and uh, that you've experienced? Uh, absolutely. In fact, you know, there it's a two-way street. Um, you know, if, and I believe in brainstorming sessions and just, you know, I, I personally, I like when, when you're into a song or, or a stop set or whatever, I, I, I highly encourage the show to talk. Let's, let's keep talking to each other about, you know, what happened last night or this or this afternoon or how about this? Because a studio that's silent, first of all, loses the energy, but, but you never know but you're not talking. So you don't know where that next gem comes from. That's the great, that's the great part about it. I mean, you guys, you know, come up with a great video and then, yeah, you reverse engineer it into content. Perfect. Or if you come up with great content and you make it into video, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it is that you just, you never know where that next gem is going to, is going to come from. But, you know, and the thing is to me, I mean, the search never ends. You're always searching for that. 
All right, Marty, do you have a question for somebody on our panel? And by the way, in case you don't know this, Marty is an absolutely amazing production elementation guy, and he probably has about eight different jobs at once. So that's why he probably wasn't here before. Marty, you've got a question for somebody on our panel? Well, thank you, Lloyd. I appreciate that. Yeah, androids are hard, apparently. Um, wanted to say thank you, Tim. That was a great story tonight, and I wanted to take the opportunity to say hi to Lance. We had the opportunity to work together um, when he took a pit stop in South Carolina at WCOS back in the 90s. So really glad that he is still doing well. Lance, glad you are still kicking because we need powerful innovative people like you in the industry more than ever and uh, get, reach out to me sometime we should talk absolutely marty thanks uh, it, it's great to hear your voice and uh, hear from you as well i always enjoyed working with you and uh, I consider that stop in columbia one of my favorite we love you man if you ever want to come back i'm sure we can find a place for you but i know <laughs> birmingham is uh, is strong for you so yeah uh, yeah Bur i'm uh, hopefully i'm home there's no more hopefully there's no more moves except to the retirement community <laughs> we're, just, we're just always grateful. We're just grateful, Lance, to get you back in the South. You know what I mean? And Marty, do you have a question or is that uh, just a networking opportunity to say hi to Lance? You know, it's a networking opportunity. you got to take all the opportunities that come your way. And I can't turn uh, that one down. You know what? I'm a big believer in that. Look, we do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can listen. No one is required to ask questions. We do give you that opportunity at the end of our live events. Thank you for joining us every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the radio rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the radio rally, you can email me FORD at rainmakerpathway.com. We hope you have a rock star week. Of course, we like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the radio rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. A big thank you to Heather Froglier and Jesse Tack for always being great co-hosts for this live event. Our thanks to Lance Tidwell and Tim Leary for being very ever patient uh, with our questions and being giving guests. They both had a marvelous turn on this live broadcast. A very special thank you, of course, to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers and the Radio Rally podcast, and uh, it, which will be available uh, probably in the next hour, if not sooner, anywhere you get your podcast. Also, a thank you to Just Joe Productions for creating our audio footprint, which we could not do without, and for distributing to all the places that podcasts need to go. Please do share our podcast for the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio with others to let them know uh, it, especially if they're interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts will be available on iTunes. They are right now. In fact, uh, all of our past episodes on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. please remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night. <laughs>